Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise Podcast. It is a new year and such a huge opportunity to create a new you. We have so many incredible guests that I have just been chomping at the bit for you to hear these conversations behind the scenes. And this is one of them, Alyssa Nobriga. She is on the podcast today. She is somebody, one of the very few that I have followed just kind of obsessively on Instagram. I have followed her work because it has captivated me. She is a coach and international speaker, a therapist and entrepreneur. She's doing incredible work in the world and she does it with such style and such grace that I could not wait to have a conversation with her about all the ins and outs of what she does and how she serves. And we end up having this beautiful conversation. And and part of what I didn't anticipate was this human that is really both ends of the spectrum, this driven type A personality with this beautiful soul to heal and to serve and, and how she reconciles that and how she balances that and how she teaches other women to do that. So pull up a chair, grab a coffee, cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a cocktail, whatever it is, your, your pleasure, and just dig into this beautiful conversation. I know you're going to come away with so much. Well, let's just dig in. I am so excited. I feel like I'm talking to Instagram right now because (laughs) there are very few people, you know, I'm a creator and so I kind of get on and get off and you are one of the very few people that I really just have so much respect and admiration for the work that you're doing in the world and the way that you're doing it that I intentionally go to your feed to think, Mm -hmm. you know, to see what's, what's she doing these days, what's she creating, what's she doing in her life. So it's really an honor to have you here. Thank you. What a gift. Such a treat. Absolutely. Well, let's just dig in. So we have nothing scripted. We have nothing planned. (laughs) So what I really want to know is who is Alyssa? Like, what are you doing in the world? If somebody met you at a party and said, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What are you doing in the world? And then I really want to hear the story behind how you got there. Okay. So I am the founder of a coaching institute where we train and certify coaches of all different types of niches. I used to be a licensed psychotherapist turned coach. For me, a real healing is a change of behavior. So I love the deep dive transformational work, but how does that really practically and actionably shift somebody's life? And so I marry some of the two transformation and strategy and how I came there was as a therapist, because coaching really wasn't that popular. I've been doing this work 20 years this year. So it I'm wasn't- sorry, you look like you're 25. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I, I mean, isn't I, it crazy at our age to say that we can say we've been doing anything for 20 I know, years? <laughs> I know. It's kind of weird. And I get that that's feedback too. And I, I knew it even, even when I was 12, this is before I got into my career at 20, I I knew in a young age that I wanted to be a healer, live in the Redwoods. And I also wanted to do marketing and do stilettos and live in New York City. I I, love that. (laughs) I didn't think that these two things were separate. So I just kept following my desire and the aliveness and really got that part of my life's work is about helping people live with an open heart and mind in a modern day world. And so I think we all all okay. have an intuitive instinct about like, what is that calling for us? And as we don't question it, we just keep following that aliveness, the next most intelligent step, it reveals itself to us. And Absolutely. the more random it is, the more kind of aligned it is, you know, to yeah. our path. 
so yeah, so I started doing psychotherapy and, um, and really doing spirituality and psychology and then meeting it later on with performance-based science-backed research. And so how do you, how do you blend all of it? And so part of the work just over the years have evolved into my own methodology, which every year we train and certify hundreds of coaches in. Wow. Okay, we got to go for a girls weekend. (laughs) It's so rare to meet somebody that has both ends of the spectrum fully. And no wonder I'm stalking you on Instagram. (laughs) That is my life and that is my heart and that is my work. It's like, it's both ends of the spectrum and, and a little bit different for me, you know, not really different, but you know, that type A driven, like let's perform, let's, let's win, let's do all this stuff. But do it in the most like spiritually connected flow state, you know, just all of that inside spirituality. And it's rare that women have those kind of parallels, you know, Mm -hmm. they're usually one end of the spectrum or the other. And so I just, I mean, I guess I just got all that from your Instagram because I feel it, sister. Like I love it. Yeah. And and I talk about like Phoebe and Monica from Friends, that type (laughs) of get shit done and smelly cat, spiritually connected, fluid, surrendered. Yeah. And I and I feel like more and more people are waking up to the value of that, of of both. That it's because there's burnout when we're just this kind of you know, get shit done mode. And there's yes. also, it's not this and it's not this, it's not totally right. clenched. It's not totally open, but it's this surrendered action, this being yes. in the world, high involvement, low attachment, and really sourced to a deeper truth of what you think the goal will give you embodying that now and honoring the calling, still taking the yes. step because the entire process can be used to continue helping us evolve and awaken to who and what we already are. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I want to go back to what you said in the beginning, how you said, you know, following, this is something I talk about all the time. I'm always saying, listen to the whisper, listen to the whisper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people ask me like, how in the world have you created this life? And I'm like, well, I just, you know, was intuitive at a very young age and something, and I think it was my mom's influence probably, but something taught me early on, or maybe I just knew that that voice is never wrong. You know, your head can be screaming at you, your family and your friends and society. And you're like, this makes no sense, Mm -hmm. but I know it's where I need to go. I know it's what I need to do. And when you heed that call, a life beyond your wildest dreams transpires. Like it's crazy. Yes. So I was just sharing yesterday with a friend how in, so I had a life in San Diego. I was going to college. I was getting my master's degree, was with this beautiful man. My whole life was in my mind planned out. I had a direction Mm -hmm. and I started doing spiritual psychology, a master's program. So I was doing my overachiever archetype at the time was doing two master's degrees at the same time. And I was like, let me follow my heart. And there was something in my heart that was pulling me to move to Santa Monica, to leave my relationship that I thought I was going to get married, to leave the um, graduate program. And it made no sense to my head. And I remember sitting in my car in Santa Monica, my beat up Honda Prelude, crying my eyes out, like, what did I just do? And yet I couldn't not honor it. And the the ways that my life has unfolded because of that, I could have never scripted. And so I love what you're, what you teach and what you speak to the, the power of honoring this calling beyond any logic. It's like, it never leaves us astray. 
Never. And so I have full body goosebumps head to toe because Mm -hmm. I was living in San Diego, living the dream. And I was like, I need to pick up and move across the country and move to Charleston, South Carolina. And everyone was like, what? What? (laughs) Like you have the life that we all want out here. Like I just had this great life and I was just, you know, I I knew I needed to go. There was a knowing And it was very unknown what was on the other end. And so I too had that experience when I landed on the other coast, like what in the world did I do? You know, but I also told myself from kind of a rational standpoint, because the, the move was so irrational. The worst thing that can happen is it doesn't pan out and I move back, you know, like I want to be the girl that takes the chance. Yeah. But how do you coach people through that? Like it's a, it's a very hard thing to teach people how to walk through the fear, how to walk through the unknown. And, you know, as you get older, there's, I mean, it wasn't that hard. I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't as hard when I was 25 Mm -hmm. to do that Mm -hmm. as it would be at 45. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything to share in that regard? Sure. Yeah. I feel like it, I like to give people experiments to test it rather than just trust it so that they can run experiments in their own life. And I feel like most of us are intuitive, but we haven't really developed confidence in our intuition or an insight about how our intuition speaks to us. So two ways that I coach people are both helping them remove the fears because that really blocks. It's like static on the line of our clarity. So as we clear the fears, the clouds part and that clarity is just more obvious. So questioning the thoughts, moving through it somatically in your body. um, And I can speak to different ways that I would coach around that. So removing the fears and then highlighting and enhancing what already works. And you know, there's different ways of knowing there's different ways of intuition. So some people have a felt sense a gut knowing they hear things, they get visuals. And one thing that I share in my work with clients is an intuition journal. So just like a dream journal acts, you just put it by your bed for seven days and you track the intuitive hits that you got that day. And then you write if it was accurate or not, if you have that information and how you receive that information. So as you do that for seven nights, you start to develop trust in, oh, I received it in this way and it did come true, or I don't know yet, but I'll follow back up with that. And it does I, it just it's powerful and it's simple and it helps you build trust in yourself. And then you take these smaller steps before moving to, to South Carolina. You're, you make these smaller t- um, experiments where you're like, yeah. that worked out. And you're building that trust in yourself to then really lead your life from that place, that deeper knowing rather than the fear-based mind that keeps us in our comfort zone. Because right. the mind tries to protect you by predicting the future, but it usually goes to worst case scenario. Right. And as we overcome that kind of fear-based thinking, we have more dominion over our life and we embrace those parts of us that are scared, but we don't let them lead our business or our life. Yeah. And then the coolest part, like the coolest thing that happens, and I think you and I can speak to this, we've been doing it for so long that, you know, you do it once or twice and it pans out well. You're like, my, yeah, it's never no. wrong. Like this was such a crazy decision yet look where it led me. And I think you just have a few of those experiences and it's like the trust in your intuition Mm -hmm. goes from very little to, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, very high. Yeah. And And you have the tools to be with the parts that may still get scared to some degree. And then it doesn't take you out of the game. You just know how to work with it so that you keep moving forward. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting because it's, it seems like with time living from that intuitive place and making decisions based on that, 
it's almost harder. To, it's almost hard to relate sometimes to people that, mm-hmm. because I, I say that because it's such a different world to live in, right? Yeah. Like living from that space versus not living from that space, but also realizing as we get older and I'm guessing you're maybe 40, how old are you? Yes, 39. Okay, and I'm 45. And so getting older as women, I think I'm starting to recognize how many people are our age that have really never lived from that place yet. Yeah, yeah. You know? One of the things I find most helpful to create behavior change is having community. Because there's something about your subconscious that sees that they did it and they're safe and they're okay. And it kind of gives us permission or at least an example. So putting people in communities that are conscious, that are living a different way, helps your subconscious know that it's safe and you start to lean into it. And you're encouraged by other friends who are willing to test it, willing to create a life that feels more aligned for them. So I feel like that's a fun and inspiring way to to ha- to make the shift. So I think yes. doing the inner work, transformational work, yeah. having strategies that feel aligned and intuitive, community and just yeah, community and taking responsibility for what it yeah. is you want to create. It's so interesting you say community. I absolutely believe like your circle is everything and yeah. you know, you become what you surround yourself with. I always say clichés are clichés because they're always <laughs> true, you know. Yeah. But I also was just thinking recently, I picked up some law of, like I'm always reading law of attraction stuff. And I always hesitate to even say those words because I feel like people are going to roll their eyes and I'm like, it's like, there's so much science behind Mm -hmm. it. Right. And I geek out over the science behind it. But whenever I find myself immersing myself in, you know, some, somebody's book that, you know, they've devoted their life and they're writing all this, you know, all these different philosophies around it. I experience it so much more. And so it's crazy. It's like whether you're in that interpersonal circle or whether you're flooding your mind with kind of this work, you start to tune into it so much more. Yeah. And having that immersion as well helps really kickstart a shift. So anybody that's listening, it's like, if you want to help shift in a certain direction or in a new direction, having that community, immersing yourself, at least in the beginning, I find is really yes. helpful. And then to have integration because a week-long retreat is beautiful and that week-long retreat or that whatever the thing is, and then having an integration for afterwards to keep yes. maintaining those new mindset shifts or the yes. manifestation, what you're calling in is more sustainable to create change. It's a lot easier yeah. that Absolutely. Absolutely. We can't do it all on our own. You know, it's like, I think when you step into a community and you realize how much easier that is, I I can remember feeling like when I really stepped into the personal growth world and was kind of surrounded by that, I felt like, I feel like I'm going downstream all of a sudden. And my whole life I've been paddling upstream alone, you know, because I was always a little different. You know, I can remember when I met my husband, we were probably 24 and it was New Year's Eve. And I was like, I'm going to go stay at a hotel room by myself so I can journal my goals and walk mm-hmm. on the beach alone. And like, they're at a party downtown and they're like, what is she doing? You know? <laughs> There's a lot of years where I was seeking that, but I was very lonesome. And it's, it's such a harder road doing it that way. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't need to be. It and does I not love- need to be. I love what you're sharing is like really tapping into a state of being and really tuning into your spiritual nature and being able to 
connect with that desire in the moment now in your body now, while also strategically creating a, a goal. I think yes. And sort Absolutely. of like feminine, masculine, intuitive, like the surrendered action, I think is even more powerful. Yeah. I've been hearing that a lot recently. That's been coming up. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I love that. Um, I want to go back to a word that you dropped a second ago. Mm -hmm. And I also want to bring it back to like, just maybe the average listener that's not really tapped into the worlds that you and I are tapped into. So you said frequency Mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, have learned and I know a lot about that, but will you speak on what you like a little bit more in depth when you say it's a certain frequency, kind of what that means to you? Um, in relation to how I, how did I share it specifically? Well, you were saying, you know, you tap into a different frequency um, or you're uh-huh, at a different uh-huh. frequency. And so you're connecting with to different what's already yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, when I was saying frequency specifically, so every thought has a different frequency when we're in a lower state and a lower frequency, a lower mood, those thoughts have a a lower vibrational set point. Whereas when you're inspired and elevated and in love, you're energetic. Everything is energy, your body, your, th- your thoughts, everything is in alignment with a higher frequency. You get downloads kind of awake. You open beyond the mind and have yeah. insights that come in. And so, you know, with manifestation specifically, I think sometimes people want to call in something, but they're doing it from a place of lack, thinking that we're so conditioned in our society to think that something in the future, something outside of us will give us more, something that we don't already possess in our spiritual nature. And so helping people get their power back to tune into and question before I go looking for something, Mm. is it not already here? Right. And connecting with the energy of it already being here, whatever it's like, if I want the relationship to make happy, can I experience the happiness now? Yes. Then we're not addicted or controlling or manipulative to the outer goal. And ironically, and we feel that happiness and ironically, it's easier to attract a partner because we're in a state of happiness and we don't cling to that relationship to try to make us somebody something that we're not already like make us happy. And then it puts too much pressure on that relationship besides just letting it flower and blossom into what it wants to be. So I used to be a couples therapist. So that was part of my Ah. work, but that's one example. It's like, okay, what do I think that goal will give me? Can I question those thoughts Mm -hmm. and experience what I, those feelings now? And as I do that, I'm no longer attached to the goal. I'm happier. And I, I, ironically, I sync up energetically Mm -hmm. to the frequency of what it would it's almost like my experience is life gives me something better than I could have planned when I do that, but it doesn't look yeah. the way I thought it would. <laughs> and so if I'm connected to, it needs to look this way. Yeah. It makes it harder for me to actually um, to really see the blessing or the gift of what it is. Yeah. And I feel like that's what blocks everybody, right? They're wanting these things. And I always say, you don't get what you want. You get what you are. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when we're in the want, we're actually keeping it away from us. Yes. And so just like you were saying so eloquently, you have to... You have to experience what you think is outside of you in the present moment if you ever want to draw it into you. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was um, not, uh, oh gosh, I'm I'm blanking on, I always want to say Russell Brunson, uh, Virgin Atlantic. 
Um, Richard Branson, (laughs) Richard, Richard Branson. I remember uh, seeing a quote from him that somebody, it said something like people think that I'm happy because I'm successful and wealthy. And he said, I'm happy. I'm successful and wealthy because I've always been happy. Mm -hmm. And like that just hits it, right? It's like, you don't acquire, and I hate to use the word acquire, but you don't draw those things into your life Mm-hmm. from a negative state. It's almost mm-hmm. impossible to. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the work that I do when, you know, I'm working with coaches that are frustrated or just at their wits end and burnt out. And I'm like, okay. And they think I'm going to like give them this business strategy, <laughs> which I can do all day long. I'm like, yeah. I can give you the business strategy, but you need to go kiteboarding or do something <laughs> fun, you know, like, take off this negative state and step yeah. into a different energetic state. And mm-hmm. It's so freeing when we, for me, I feel like I know that, but it's for when I remember that, you know, Mm -hmm. because when I'm in the angst and the drive and the type A and the burnout, I forget that. All right, you guys, if you want 2023 to be your best year ever, the year that your dreams and your goals come to fruition, the year that you make it happen, I've got something for you. Enter the Income and Impact Mastermind 12 months with me, with some of my inner circle, some of the best business and mindset thought leaders in the world today are all coming in to be a part of this, to teach you guys both the mindset strategies and the business strategies to create the business of your dreams, to create the impact and the income that you've always wanted to make. Enrollment is limited. All the details are in the show notes, you guys jump in and let's make 2023 your best year ever. You don't want to miss this one. That I need to work more on my identity Mm -hmm. and who I'm being and how Mm -hmm. I'm showing up to Mm -hmm. the goal versus the work. That's that's right. I think it's going to get me to the goal. And my experience is that identity is everything. So if I don't feel worthy of the goal, I will subconsciously sabotage it and not let myself, or I'll, I'll lose the weight, not I'll lose the weight. And then it'll yo-yo back or I'll make the money and it'll, it'll have a set point, this unconscious um, upper limit. Right. So the identity piece I think is so important because if we don't do the inner work to an inner work can look like a lot of different things. And so, and we can talk about that, but if we don't do that inner work to either wake up to a stronger sense of self-worth or beyond any sense of self-worth, we will keep yo-yo and create these set points that don't actually let us receive and let it be easy, which is, I think, part of the deeper work that I learned with psychotherapy or with spirituality that meets some of the strategic world. Because you're right, strategy is really easy. It's like 20% of the work, whereas 80% is really inside. Yeah, absolutely. And that all of our goals can truly be achieved through ease and flow. I mean, that's hard for me to wrap my head around, even though I'm saying it, like I know it. Yeah. Because I am a, you know, type A workaholic, go, 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 go. And there's, there is a piece of me that also knows you have to show up and do the work, right? You have, you, you can't just sit there and energetically be in flow state and have a Mercedes show up in your driveway. Like you have to put one foot in front of the other and, and do that. But will you talk a little bit about that kind of, yeah. because I think it's such a struggle and there's this anti-hustle culture, yeah. which I'm like, I'm kind of anti-anti-hustle culture because, <laughs> you know, I think people are also now stepping into this, like, 
oh, you don't have to work. I'm like, there is a balance. People. There is. There is. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've learned this like push faster, bigger, better, more. And it's come from a fear-based lack mentality or the, I mean, I would say at the heart of it, society, we have a misunderstanding that I'm deficient. I am unworthy at some, in some way. And so we look for ways to compensate to not feel that we look for success. We look for the things to help us avoid it essentially. And most of us have learned to create success or results in our life through hustling. And we push harder, more motivation. And I think based on the coaching industry that I've seen, we've really been about behavior change in the beginning. People started waking up to minds at work. Then we, now the buzzword is embodiment work, somatic work. And one of my, um, one of my degrees is in clinical somatic psychotherapy. And I think that's beautiful, but we need an integrative model so that it's not pushing harder, but it's getting out of our own way. And some of what that can look like is some people get really stuck in the mind where they think being in their mind is safe. And so they really focus on the best strategy and like, that's going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. Other people get lost in their emotions. They get scared and that takes them out of the game. And you want to make sure that whatever the tools are that we're using, or if we're a coach that we're serving our clients with, we have an integrative method to really meet them where they need to be Mm. both in helping see their wholeness, the truth of who they are, because when we go deeper into the radiance, the perfection of our, our essence of who we really are, there's a peace that comes with that. Yeah. And from there, you know, strategically, we can get out of our own way and still step forward to create what we want. So instead of needing to push harder, it's about letting go of the misunderstandings about who I think I am, right? We're talking about identity. So let me just share an example. So I had a woman that came to see me who wanted to make I think her set point was like 200 or $250,000. And that's a lot of money, but she had been hiring all these coaches and like really type A doing the work and wasn't making progress. And so I asked her, what do you fear would happen if you made more money? Mm. And she's like, I wouldn't, I don't fear anything. Like, why would you say that? That doesn't even make sense. I don't fear anything would happen. I was like, slow it down. Because oftentimes the, the, really the, the powers in the, in the question, not the answer. So I just said, slow it down, get curious. If you were to make more than 250,000, you fear. And she started crying and she realized when she was a, when she was a child that her mother and her father got a divorce when her mom got a raise. Mm. And so she had subconsciously paired making more money with not having a strong marriage. And so part of the work for her getting out of the own, her own way was about removing the blocks to that unconscious pairing. And she was able to create a strategy that these two parts were valuing something different, but they, she thought they were at war within herself. So some of this more surrendered path is about being mindful, is about looking at our operating system and getting into alignment so that then the strategy is a lot easier. Yes, yes. yes, Doesn't need to be pushing or making it harder. So that's one one angle to that equation. The other one is about helping people just wake up to their wholeness about who they are beyond what they achieve, realizing Mm -hmm. they they are priceless. And as they really get that, we have more aligned goals and we, we don't override our bodies and push ourselves so hard. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, that's kind of, that was my path, you know, and the interesting thing is I feel like through my success, 
I did gain confidence, right? I did gain like, oh, I can do really incredible things in the world. And yeah. and so it's it's interesting to look back on my own path because it was a lot of it was the success that I was driving to yeah. that allowed me to see who I was, you know, to see yeah. who I was and and not all the insecurities. Yeah. But then you but then I got to a point where I you know, I'm like, I don't need this at all mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, be worthy or to yeah. just be whole in myself. But I also sometimes wonder, would I have ever gotten there if I didn't have all the success, you know? Well, yes, I, I love that. So I think I I think both paths, failure and success can teach us about mm-hmm. our worthiness, True. both our inherent worth and the, the capabilities of what we have. So there's something that comes with achieving something that we feel proud of ourselves, we feel capable, and that's empowering for an egoic self. And then there's something also, my experience through suffering, that led me to discover my inherent worth and value. Mm-hmm. And ironically, that was through embracing the part of me that felt unworthy. Mm-hmm. It was through embracing the part of me that was trying to achieve to be successful. Right. So I had a situation where... Deepak Chopra's, um, I guess, YouTube channel found me doing work as a coach and asked me to be on their channel. I was in my early 20s. I wasn't out there trying to look for PR. I was very confronted at the time of them (laughs) coming into my office with two strangers. And they were like, you know, as an achiever personality as well, being like, perform magic. And I was paralyzed. And so I went upstairs into my daughter's room and I remember they're setting up in my office and there's like pink wallpaper and I'm just laying on the floor, having this like come to Jesus moment (laughs) being like, let me just feel all the things that I've been running from, because I really thought that if I performed on that, then I would feel worthy. And I was so paralyzed by that thought that I was just like, I'm no longer willing to run from this feeling. And I just sat there and I felt it. It took maybe 90 seconds neuroscientist has found that it only takes 90 seconds to feel an emotion. You don't have to wallow in it or indulge right. in it. I really just let myself feel that. And ironically, because I wasn't identified with the feeling of unworthiness, I wasn't judging it. I just almost like a mother would to a child, like I would breathe into it and I yeah. gave it a hug, like I welcomed it inside of me and it passed. And wow. it was such a gift that by the time I did the coaching sessions, I wasn't trying to prove my worth Mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. And I invited them into what I had just given myself or experienced myself. The sessions were powerful, but I knew that who I was, wasn't my performance and that I, it was independent of it. And that was an embodied, not just a knowing, because sometimes we know it. Yeah. And then other times we really feel it in our gut and we live that. And that was such a blessing for me. So I can totally appreciate like Mm. the achievement also giving us that and then realizing we don't need it. And ironically, through sometimes suffering and embracing those parts of ourselves can also lead us to the same place. You are giving me like major ahas here because I'm seeing in your story, which is so powerful, that it's almost not whether you succeed or fail. It's whether you just try, right? Like when we are out there experimenting with things, putting one foot in front of the other, I mean, and your experience of just feeling the feelings is that, right? You go through, whether it's, I'm going to try to achieve this massive goal, or I'm going to, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to feel this feeling. It's like when we start to live out loud like that, and just, yeah. instead of so trapped, 
I think that's when we step into our worth and we step into who we truly are and we start to know who we really are, right? Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of keeping ourselves at bay from ourselves. Yeah. And we realize like, it's not that bad. It's not that scary. It's not this, that's right. you know, it's it's not the end of the world, whether I succeed or fail or feel it or not feel it. It's just, it just is. Yeah. And yeah. I think so many people are trapped in inaction or the inability to allow themselves to feel, the inability to do the work. Mm-hmm. And when you just kind of give yourself over to all of it, you're like, oh, this isn't yeah. so bad. And I'm not so bad, you That's know? Right. That's right. Yeah. It's like that fear grows stronger when we avoid it, like the voice of Oz. You know, you like yes. pull the curtain, you're like, oh, that little, that little thing. Yeah. yeah. And it and it somatically, like the embodiment work is really stretching the capacity to feel the range of our human experience as a sensation, not a story. And as we do that, it integrates into our nervous system. And just like you're saying, we realize it doesn't have power over us because right. we're not giving it our power by pushing it away. Ironically, pushing it feeds the the fire of it. And so it yes. grows. And then when we stop, the important piece to that, so that if somebody tries this, is that you want to have a level of presence and love and not do any work if you've ever done, if you had big T trauma to do that with a yeah. trained trauma specialist. But there's a, a sense of love and presence that's the foundation to stretching the capacity to feel those things that does then no longer give them power over us. And we realize it's a feeling, not a fact, and it yeah. doesn't have power over you. And then we're not so afraid to fail because yeah. it doesn't mean anything. We've actually faced it right. and we're not free. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, this is so good. This is so good. So I want to hear more about just kind of the work that you're doing. I know you said you have this coach certification, you know, school. And so what does your day in and day out look like? Are you working with private clients? Are you working with groups? Are you training coaches? What does that look like? Yeah, I train coaches. Um, So we just graduated a group, uh, our second large class of coaches. And so day to day in my life, specifically. Yeah. 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 So, so we run prime, the primary thing that we do is coaching and certifying these coaches in different niches. So part of the work is getting to the root. Like why do people not create change and how do you actually help them create change at the root? And so we help them do that with themselves first, because if you really want to hold space for people, you have to walk, we have to do the work. And then we help them do their own shadow work, feel more empowered, authentically and confidently learn tools to serve their clients and then start or scale a business. Like those are the three things I find that need to thrive. And then I run a mastermind, a private mastermind. And we're right now working on a few other projects. Part of my deeper intention is to help humanity heal. And I want to do a membership site. That's one of the projects we have coming up. I just seeing so many people suffering in the world. And I find that when they have the right tools and they have the community, so much can change. And I, when I was getting licensed as a therapist, I realized why don't people know this yes, stuff? I and there's so much available. Yeah. Yeah. So those wow. are some of the things we're working on. But yeah, we're just in a growth phase and an expansion phase. And I feel like people need this work now more than ever. More and than so I ever. Feel really yeah. committed to the calling. That's amazing. And just like you said, I, I felt that too. It's like when you kind of not stumble into, but when you start to really do the work and you start to just, you know, learn these tools and techniques and processes that it kind of feels like it's not rocket science, you know? And, but I mean, there is a lot to it and there's so many layers and there's so many modalities, but 
when you start to find these things that just change everything for you from suffering to like, it's not like, oh, it just, I made a tiny little shift. It's like, I went from like barely surviving my life to living like truly I couldn't even wrap my head around the fact that life could be as good as it is because unfortunately I think we live in a society where most people are are just trying to keep their head above water right they're just trying to get through the week to to kind of numb out all weekend to start it over on and it's just there are so many people suffering yeah and I don't, I, a lot of the time I, I used to say, I don't know how people do it without tools. Yeah. And I do, because there's a lot of self-medicating. There's a lot of addiction and it's innocently, there are ways that people are trying to cope and there are just upgraded tools and ways. And yeah. as we each do the work, it makes yeah. this ripple effect and yes. we all get, you know, however we're called to express that in the world does serve. And so we lead with ourselves first. And that is some of the frequency that we get yes. to elevate and be that in the world. And then yeah. maybe we are called to, you know, be a nurse or be whatever our profession or the work is yeah. that we're called to do or parent amazing kids that are conscious. Yeah. However, that speaks to us, as long as we honor it and we live it first, yeah. I think that's what matters. Uh, well, you just touched on something that maybe we could kind of go into for a second before yeah. we wrap. So you said you have children? Yeah, I have and- three stepchildren. Um, okay. Yeah, they're 17, 15, just Monday and 13. Wow. And yeah. so what does this look like? Because mine are 12 and 14 and okay. not it's not a struggle to bring this work in. It's almost laughable, you know, because my what did my daughter say today? She said something like, in a, in a funny, loving way, like, you know, about manifesting or no, she said something and she, she rephrased something and she goes, mom, aren't you impressed with my growth mindset? <laughs> She's 12. And I'm like, I am impressed with your growth mindset. And every child is so radically different, right? Yeah. So my daughter is very receptive. I mean, unless she's in a mood, she'll roll her eyes. But my yeah. son is like walls up, like, oh my gosh, he thinks it's all, you know, hocus pocus. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm planting the seed. And one day you will realize, but mm-hmm. how do you bring this work into your family? Well, our, so my husband's ex-wife lives 10 houses away and it's beautiful. The kids just get to walk back and forth and uh, it's very fluid, which took us a minute to get there. And it's a really beautiful dynamic, but the three of us, his ex, myself, and my husband, we all do this work. And so I feel like the more we live it, the less it needs to be spoken about. They watch it as an example. And, you know, our oldest, I think was really like, oh, my parents are psychologists or, you know, they're all, she was kind of like no to it, but, and I see her asking questions and being open. So I feel like the more I live it and the less I talk about it, the more they'll lean in. And they also grew up very, you know, lucky to have more of a emotionally and creative, intelligent school to talk about their feelings, things that I did not have growing up. So I feel like, and I think each of us, you know, come in like our youngest is so deep and already attuned without any of this. So, Mm. you know, if if they're, I, you know, the biggest thing that I found with parenting and my, I would say for my husband too, is like, when I feel upset with, and I can talk more for my husband, when he, I remember him doing some of the work where he was, our son was really defiant with him Mm. and he had to do his work with my son should listen to me. Is it true? 
And as soon as he started shifting and he's like, yes, I found a truth in that, but I also got to support, he got to support our son in having agency and choice. And, Mm -hmm. um, the, the more that he didn't try to conform our son to be how he wanted, it gave him space to choose into a more loving path. I think kids are a PhD version to (laughs) growth and evolution, but so are all relationships. Any intimate relationship is that closer mirror. So some people play it out in love and relationships and, and others with their children. So I think my biased opinion is to shift me so that I come into alignment with all my relationships, kids included. Yes. And that it more easily invites them to do the work. And if they don't, I can still get free, even if they're not. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. They really are our greatest teachers, you know, especially the more difficult ones. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> like they yep. are definitely our greatest teachers. I love yeah. that so much. And, and it's like, is- if I resist resistance, it just gets bigger, it's right? Gets so bigger. If, I, yeah. if I just allow them to be as they are, and there's going to be things that are non-negotiable, you know, it's like right. that works or that doesn't, and there's consequences and choices, but without the internal drama about it, it's a lot easier. And, you know, I, I also claim and own that I am a step parent. So there's and the way that I pa- step parent right. is very, and every step parent's going to, going to show up differently depending on how yeah. you've kind of bought into that system. So, but yeah, I think every relationship gives us an opportunity to see ourselves more yes. fully. Yes, absolutely. I always think about Byron Katie's work with, you know, my son, especially. And it's like, and again, that goes back to what we're talking about, these processes, these things that we learn that we can just kind of pull up from our tool belt in a moment that shift everything for us. And it's like, why does everybody not have these tools? You know? I know. know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Sharing them. Yeah. Well, tell me what's next for you. What's coming up? I know you talked a little bit about that with the membership, but um, we're going to hopefully drop this episode right before you have a big event. So can we talk about that? I'm going to, yeah. So talking about the tools and making them available and accessible for people, we have a five day confidence and clients bootcamp. So every day I'm going live sharing a new tool to on different levels, somatic, emotional, mental, behavioral, mind, um, unconscious, so that people can not only get the tools, they get the training, they get the life coaching. I'm going to bring people up and unpack sessions, group exercises, all for free for five days so that they can start to apply them on their own life. And whether they're doing it for their own personal development, for brand new coaches, seasoned professionals, it's about starting the new year off strong and really being able to apply it to themselves and then share it with their clients if they are service professionals. So that's wow. a five-day boot camp coming up and it's free awesome. and it's the most popular event of the year. People love this. Wow. Experience. And is it uh, in a Facebook group, private group? Where is it? We're going to do it on Instagram live okay. and oh, we're wow. also, but we're sharing emails every day with new tools and doing away giving Wonderful. prizes every day as well. Yeah. Awesome. I love yeah. that so much. Well, so hopefully good. we're dropping this on the right date. So it's going to follow <laughs> right after that. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your time. Thank you for connecting and, and really just thank you for being the woman that you are and doing the work in the world that you're doing. Cause it is amazing. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that there's a kinship and connection. And I really appreciate what you're sharing in the world as well. What an honor to be here. 
Well, thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> and um, all of Alyssa's stuff will be in the show notes. So make sure you go to the show notes and website, the link to, we'll put the link to the five-day free group and any other resources that you want to share. We'll make sure everything is right there. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. What an amazing human. You guys follow her on Instagram. All of her information is in the show notes to everything that she shared and make sure you follow us on the podcast, um, on Apple and on Spotify. We're actually doing a new thing here on the low bottom high rise podcast. And that is for, we're going into the reviews on the podcast and we're picking a winner every single month to share to gift somebody this incredible gift of growth. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is because it's kind of, I love surprises and it's been so fun to contact people that are followers of the show and big supporters of the show and just send them this beautiful gift in the mail. So make sure that you leave us a review, um, share it on Instagram, tag me. So I see it. We do go to all the reviews, but I will definitely see it if you tag me and um, you might just be one of those lucky recipients. Happy kickoff to 2023.